going on, everyone? Welcome to the New Life Youth Podcast. This is where you're going to be able to stay up to date with everything that's happening here at New Life Youth. You can expect good conversations, hard questions, and even harder answers. I'm your host today, David Ferrer. Um, Josh, unfortunately, could not be with us today, but we do have our guest with us today, and I'd love to introduce you to Art. Art, how's it going today? I'm doing well, thank you. I'm so thankful that you're here with me, man. I'm excited about this. At, at first, when me and Josh started this, it was just he and I in here. It was kind of awkward. It's definitely different. Uh, we're at a round table, two mics, uh, just two guys, and I'm excited about today's Cool, I am man. too. I'm excited to be here. Um, so we'll, we'll go ahead and start with this before we get into our questions. Um, obviously, what we're doing uh the series we're on is called life lessons and so the whole goal of this series is to be able to sit down with people such as yourself different walks of life and um, find out a little bit about you and what can we learn from your life experiences that you have um, things that you've learned along the way and um so i'm excited to do that with you today um so before we dive into the questions if you wouldn't mind could you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself just uh maybe the spark notes to your to, to your life and a little bit about you yeah, well, uh, I was born at a very early age, and uh, that was 48 years ago. So I called the ministry when I was in high school and then have uh, served in church ministry and pastoral ministry for uh, around 25 years, up until about two years ago when uh, the Lord called me to something very different, and that's where I currently find myself, and that's in Christ-centered recovery ministry mm-hmm. with uh, recovering drug and alcohol addicts. And uh, man, that is super exciting and raw ministry, and I work with a ministry called St. Matthew's House based out of Naples. I've got about uh, 40 or 50 men that are uh, under my responsibility, and uh, on a daily basis just get to get engaged with them with uh, their walk with Christ and with their recovery. Pretty exciting. Oh, man. Wow. So you definitely stay busy. I do stay busy. Boredom, I am fully cured of. (laughs) And along with that, speaking of being cured of boredom, I am married and have four kids. So I've got busyness at work and then uh, busyness waiting for me at home. So life's good. What are the ages of the kids? The ages of the kids, we have all boys, uh, except for the three girls. So uh, anyway, so we've got three girls and one boy. Sorry (laughs) for those of you pulling out a whiteboard trying to figure out what the crud I just said. So anyway, we've got our oldest daughter, Annalise, is 16, and then uh, Katya is 14 and then we have an 11 year old daughter Annika and then knucklehead that is nine and three quarters because fractions matter when you're nine yeah absolutely yes. they do. i remember that I sure <laughs> right do. wow so your hands are definitely full yeah it's good so once again we appreciate you being here my pleasure we know you're busy um so we'll dive into some of these questions and um we'll start with some of the fun ones some of the easier ones and uh this one's an easy one to, well maybe i don't know uh, if you had a chance for a do-over in life uh what would you do differently Wow. If I had a chance for a do-over, well, first of all, I'd have the privilege from learning from my mistakes, and that's quite a bit of learning Mm. (laughs) that I could do right there. So um, I think that to summarize, I think I would realize that my emotions never, ever lead me by way of truth. So to realize, man, thinking of those insecure moments uh, called junior high. Oh, man, junior high was rough, for real. And uh, then high school and college, just uh, realizing that all that really matters is relationships, first of all, with God, obviously, and then with people. So the importance of relationships, how betraying my emotions are to myself. Um, Also something that I'm grateful that my parents taught me, but I wish I would have learned quicker, is the value of a buck the value of earning one and the value of saving one. Mm. So, uh, yeah, those are just a couple of things. If I had to do over again, I would uh, definitely do better or less poorly. Right. Let's move on. (laughs) (laughs) 
Imagine being able to go. I've always thought about this, especially since I, I saw Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Nice. I don't know if you've ever Excellent. seen it before. But ever since then, I've thought of chi- thought of time travel, and I thought of going back and seeing myself in, in junior high and in high school. What what would I think? You know, because yeah. obviously I remember some of that stuff. But even being able to look out and uh, just just observe myself and some of the decisions I made. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah, my junior high years honestly were, and, and they're rough for most. Mm-hmm. But my junior high years, my parents moved uh, only a couple miles, but into a different school district just before seventh grade, okay. which um, was let's see, I think the Greek word is horrible. <laughs> so that was just a horrible, horrible thing. And yeah, in hindsight, God used it. But man, I had to grapple with loneliness and does anybody like me and all that, which you already struggle with in those years. Mm-hmm. And uh, learned a lot and really, honestly, grew in my faith in that time. That was when I had a really influential youth pastor in my life, thank God, and um, really was challenging us to stand up for our faith. And in that season, I really honestly didn't have much to lose. So that season, as I look back, was really a time for me to stand up for a Christ and uh, live for him. And um, I, I'm really grateful for junior high now. But again, to the question, if I were to do it again, man, I'd circumvent and just skip it. And now in the day of DVRs, I'd hit fast forward, like the fast, fast forward. <laughs> All the way. And just get through that bad boy. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Oh, man. All right. Let's move on here. Let's do it. Uh, how did you and your wife meet what's your story <laughs> uh, we, we've been with the the co-host that's normally here josh uh we talk about how you know sometimes people think like they're gonna have this big moment where like they see their person or you know who god has intended for them to marry yeah. who god asked for them and they see him and they're like it's like the songs the rainbows and butterflies like this is the one yeah. um so it wasn't like that for me because i didn't like brianna at first and he didn't like becky at first awesome. his wife so what was it like for you what's your yeah. story i'm really genuinely happy for everyone who has that as a story one of the difficult I have with my wife, who I've uh, been married with uh, for almost 25 years now, is that we can't even agree on the story. So we we can't even agree on the first time that we met. What we can agree on is that we're married, and what we can't agree on is till death do us part. But even to the very beginning, um, we met on a, we were both from Wisconsin, and there was an inner city outreach in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And we, my story, I've got the mic, we met there. And then several months later, uh, she was going to go to a different college in Missouri. And then the Lord led her to go to the college that I was at. Let me just be very clear, not because I was there, because right. at that point she alleges that she didn't even know who I, who I was. So anyway, so then we officially met uh, at that college in Minneapolis. Mm. So yeah, it was good. Was it, you know, right away, did you in your heart, you were like, hmm, this, I'm interested or no? Well, yeah, I'm interested, yeah, because God gave me two working eyes. But uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely that was there. Uh, absolutely. And uh, those eyes still draw the same conclusion. But um, no, it, I mean, it started as a friendship and all that. And I was just, you know, interested. Wink, wink. Can't see that on podcasts. But I was definitely interested. And uh and, you know, then it, one of the cool things about the school that we went to is a whole bunch of us hung out in groups of friends. And, um, you know, it really, truly grew as a friendship and then, you know, grew into what it is today. So, right. but no, no fireworks, none of that kind of stuff. But definitely an interest that uh, only grew on my end and grew on hers as well. <laughs> Not quite with the same pace. Right, right. <laughs> um, okay, so this is always an interesting topic, obviously, with youth um, dating. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So what if, 
and maybe this is the advice you would give later on in the podcast, but let, I mean, we could talk about it a little bit now, yeah. uh, you know, your thoughts on it. I'll have a lot of students come up to me and they're like, well, you know, Pastor David, what age do you think I should be able to date? And then even when they're in dating, um, you know, I, 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 my advice is exactly what you did because I've heard this from many people and, and did it myself, but be friends first. Yeah. And then the, the going out in groups of friends yeah. and, and doing that. So, it, you know, if you could give, I guess, a small piece of advice when it comes to dating to students, what would you say? Well, this is very real in my life because uh, as I mentioned earlier, I've got a 16 year old and a 14 year old daughter. So yeah, so my first rule of dating is don't ever do it. Uh All right, next question. (laughs) No, uh, (laughs) so seriously, uh, I mean, I think we need to realize first of all is how sexually charged our culture is. Thank you, Captain Obvious. Mm. Um, But then also to realize how intrinsically selfish we all are. And what what I've realized from my own experience and what I see today is that many people date or even move forward where they shouldn't with physical uh, expressions uh, for selfish reasons. We really want someone to be ours. And um, we really want validation. We want to be good enough. We want the security. That's a big deal uh, of somebody wanting us and choosing to still want us. And unfortunately, the enemy has really successfully hijacked what God intended to be in marriage for people to feel like, well, we're more now we're committed. We're exclusive. We're boyfriend, girlfriend, all of that. But that's elusive because people walk into, quote unquote, such a relationship as quickly as they want. It's disposable. So to walk into that and then to feel like you've got something, but the next day, probably by text message, you won't have that anymore. Mm -hmm. So it really is a cruel tease and a mirage. And what God has for us is God has the opportunity for us to have committed relationships and all the benefits that go with that. And I don't just mean sex, but also just the benefits of security of, wow, you know all my shortcomings, you still picked me? Yes, that's awesome. That's what God has for us. But what I see in our culture today is such an insecurity and such a desire to be wanted, which are all valid needs, but boy and girl, can't meet those needs Mm -hmm. and they present as if they can but at the end of the day you just have frustration or you know then well maybe I'll give myself away sexually maybe I'll do this maybe I'll do that and they're all mirages when you get there they're not real so really we have a whole lot of broken people and actually was thinking about this on the way in here today thinking about the woman at the well the reason that she was at the well was because she didn't want to experience the judgment of all the people because she had been looking for love in all the wrong places and because of that people had discarded her and, um, and that's not what God intends. So anyway, the bottom line is, is that our value should come from the Lord. Our value should come from our parents. Our value always can come from the Lord, but our parents in many cases have their own issues. Value comes from Jesus and only from Jesus. And if we don't have that foundation, man, marriage, dating, all of that can be troublesome. So it's a slippery slope. It's really, really messy. But at the end of the day, we all need value. You're just looking for it in a lot of the wrong places. So I didn't answer the question specifically. Yeah, friendship. So friendship, hang out with people, find out what they're like. One of the things that my wife used to say, I want to get this right off the top of my head, but she used to say, when you're picking a spouse, watch how they respond to a flat tire. So when they're out of control, watch how they respond to a baby, something that is in many cases intimidating. I was always terrified about babies until we had our own. Oh, and the other one is how they treat their mother. So those three windows into somebody's life, she's specifically talking about males, but it could be, it could be put on females as well, are really key windows, not into their behavior, because everybody can act a good game, 
but into who they really are, into their character, which takes me back to the answer. When you hang out with people, when you go bowling, miniature golfing, uh, you know, whatever activities that you do, you find out who people really are. Mm. And unfortunately, in relationships today, you know, people spend way too much time alone and they find out other things that really aren't going to serve them well in the future. Wow. So that was kind of a long answer, but that's that my... That was awesome, yeah, okay, cool. No, 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 no. That was perfect. I, I, and I think it's... A, I don't know, I feel like that's a topic that sometimes, with, especially with the details you just talked about, uh, that I feel like sometimes we tiptoe around that type mm-hmm. of stuff and we don't want to be straightforward on, honest with it. Um, but especially in your case right now, it's very real to you. You've got kids that are dealing with it. So more than I want. the importance of yeah. it goes up even more. True story. Um, so that's that's so good, man. And, and what I was noticing, the way you described it, it doesn't just, you know, I, I asked specifically about teenagers, but the way you described it, and it's actually this way. It goes to the adults as well. They they are that way, and it applies to them. And they're they're looking to be valued, and totally. so it's the same thing. So it applies. That's perfect. Yeah, I appreciate you going into that. Um, next one. Uh, what do you feel most proud of? Is there something in your life right now, and it, it could be you know right now or you know past? Uh, what do you feel most proud of? Huh. <laughs> proud. That's such a weird question because I'm not supposed to have pride. I read that this bestseller that I once read called the Bible. But um, I guess I would adjust the question. What am I most grateful for? What matters most? What matters most to me? That's a simple question is, uh, is our four kids. Mm. What matters most to me is that they love the Lord, not because they grew up in church, not because their dad's a pastor, not because their mom's a pastor's wife, but because they've experienced Jesus because they've seen him modeled and because they for themselves choose to follow and know Jesus. Now with that answer, we're not batting a thousand on that because half of their DNA is mine. Dear Jesus, help them. But the reality is, is I want them to not just know about him from a legalistic, well, Sunday, so we go to church. Well, that's true, but why do we go to church? And why would you not go to church? I remember in my journey, um, I grew up in a great Christian home and then I went to ironically Bible college and then realized, huh, I don't have to go to church on Sundays. So I didn't go to church on a couple Sundays because I didn't have to. And then after not many Sundays, I realized, huh, I'm really missing something. And it gave me an opportunity to, when the training wheels were kicked off, it gave me an opportunity to skin my knee, (laughs) so to speak, but then gave me an opportunity to be like, you know what, this is actually what I want because I want it. And then for 19 years, my wife and I had the opportunity to work with um, high school, or I should say college-age students that were their first step out of home. So I got them, or we got them, in those same critical moments where they're deciding what was mom and dad's faith and what's mine. So back to your question, the thing I'm most grateful for or proud of is the grace of God to help our kids to this point love the Lord. And then my ongoing prayer is, Lord, may they experience you on an ongoing basis to know you in mountains, know you in valleys. Of course, I ask God to not allow them to go through valleys, but the reality is they will. Mm-hmm. And I pray that they know him in the bottom of the valleys like I've seen him in some, uh, yeah, in some pits. Yeah. So, yeah, that's... All that matters. The rest, you can have it. I mean, I've, I've written a book. I've done some cool stuff in ministry. There's some people that have said some nice things. Honestly, all that stuff, I guess Paul says, it's garbage. It's rubbish. It's my kids. Mm. That's so good. I was actually reading this morning. I'm reading this book. It's called Play the Man by Mark yeah. Patterson. And um, the way he was talking about so the last line of the Old Testament, um, that it's, it has to deal with the dads. And then the first thing that... I believe it's Zechariah in the New Testament, um, John the Baptist's dad, right? He talks about, well, I hope that's Zechariah. <laughs> if you're listening and you see that it's not, I apologize. But, but it basically says the ending of New Old Testament 
deals with dads and the beginning of new testament deals with dads and wow. so he was just talking about just you know a lot of times we, we forget the importance of just family especially he was talking about himself as a minister getting so busy he's like you know i may win awards for my books or, or whatever and and people know me around the world i'd I, I want to be famous at home. That's not it. just famous out. Um, so, you know, then the importance of that, what I'm seeing now, especially being in here, I've had a lot of opportunity, um, you know, to speak with people or, or, or students in particular um, who start to get closer to graduating. And, um, you know, now they have their job and they're getting closer to being out of the house. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Pastor David, it, it, it's hard. It's, you know, I'm, I'm being tempted in this way or I want to do this. Mm-hmm. And, and um, you know what? What's what's going on? I'm like, well, this is you know, kind of how you said, where the rubber meets the road. Yeah. Like, your relationship with Christ has to now become your own. It yes. can't be mom and dad's relationship. It's yes. your own, and and that's huge. Um, if you're just coming to church, you know, because your mom and dad are making you, then um, you know, it. There's a point where you know, I take it, and it's my own. This is my relationship. It's with really Christ, important. And I, and I would add, you know, your comment about dads. Affirmation generally comes a whole lot more readily at work hmm. than it comes at home. Hmm. And uh, if affirmation is the gasoline that makes our motor run, we're in trouble. I mean, the, the approval of God and also having a value system established by God is important for me as a dad, but then also back to the kids, for the kids. So what makes you feel valuable? Well, you know, earning a buck is nice, having a lot of likes, you know, on your social media and all that. That's all, I guess, kind of, sort of, maybe real, mm-hmm. but um, not really, though. But anyway, I don't want to sound like the old guy in the room. So anyway, do it, but do the value, the value that we get, or perhaps what do we interpret as valuable? You know, I watch my own kids and, you know, they'll make comments about how many likes they get in what amount of time. Okay, fact, those likes came in that amount of time. But what do you interpret that as? You interpret that as you being valuable? Mm -hmm. Wow, that to me is stunning. I'm not saying that that's not nice. I put something up that got likes one time too, this one time. It was awesome. But the reality is, is that's not valuable. But at 48, that's easier for me to discern than for a lot of kids today. So I guess one of the questions that I would pose for the listeners is, What's valuable to you? Mm-hmm. What do you determine as um, defining your value? I think it's a really important question for us to ask. For sure. So. Anyway. Sure. Oh, all right. Back on track here. Yeah, get on track. No, no, no. Real me in. Um, all right. This is a simple one. Maybe. Uh, what is your favorite type of music? What are you, you know, what are you jamming to in the vehicle? When you leave here, what are you probably going to turn on in the car? So in the rare moment that my kids would be listening to this right now, man, dad, they're just like putting their, if there's a God, if there's a God. All right. So, <laughs> all right. So since I'm 48, I mean, I like the eighties. So I like, I like, that's what I like, but what's playing in my car. Um, I typically like worship music. I, uh, Clint Brown is one of my favorites. Uh, Jason Upton. Um, I like music I can feel. And uh, I'm really grateful, again, back to my kids, uh, I'm really grateful that our household has some musical talent that came through their mom. But um, I love it when they play Adele and they play stuff that's pop music. But man, oh man, I love it when they play stuff about Jesus. And it kind of goes back to what I was talking about a couple minutes ago. When I can see them feeling the reality and the truth of Jesus Christ, Man, that just blesses me. So I love anything. See, I like 80s music, like like even secular music, forgive me. But I like all that because it brings me back. Mm. You know, I can remember those times. I like the 90s, you know, college, all that. I like all that. But tracking that back, I remember those times. 
But man, what I value more is experience and presence of God now. Of course. So as much as the 80s is fun and, you know, whatever, all that kind of good stuff, the reality is, man, Jesus matters to me. Jesus is my first love. And so anything that revolves around him, that's not with a country twang, is uh, something that, yeah, I know, I just alienated like 90%. No, I'm not a country guy. Not a country guy. Not a country guy. No judgment, but not a country guy. So, yeah, that's what I like. Love worship music. So would you say there's a particular artist or maybe is there a song that's been on repeat for you in ah. that category in that oh, genre man. of music oh my goodness oh my goodness uh man i don't know if i got that for you no i don't i I'd rather make something up no, no. Uh, clint brown is on repeat in my car and then okay here's a rant here's a random alert so i am dutch i was born in the netherlands i'm fluent in dutch so what's amazing is they they take our American, English, Australian worship songs and translate them. So truth be told, that's spinning in my car right now. And that's what I listen on the way in here. So like, yeah, like um, uh, Good Good Father, you know, actually that one they sing in English with their accent. But to see our worship songs in Dutch, that even resonates with a deeper chord because I love my native tongue of Dutch and Jesus. It just doesn't get better than that. But I don't expect anybody that's listening to this to understand or value or appreciate what I'm saying. You know they're going to Google it now. Yeah, yeah, go go right ahead. It's out there. Opvekings Lederen. There you go. That's uh, revival songs. That was that was an adventure. Yeah, there. random. Oh man. Okay. Um, if you could travel anywhere, uh, where would you go and why? Money's no object. Yeah. If you could travel anywhere, where would you go and why? Well, actually, there's a dream cooking right now for my parents to take all of our family back to Holland and show us that through their own eyes. So that's actually a dream that's becoming real. Hopefully, this next fall. But if I could go anywhere, money's not an option. Um, I've done Europe quite a bit because of my heritage there. Man, I'd love to go to like India, uh, man, the East, uh, China, Singapore. You know what? You're gonna have to reel me in here. Pretty much all those places. I'd yeah. like to go. I've I've had the opportunity on a lot of mission trips to go a lot of South America, Central America, that stuff. But nothing African. Oh man, I'd love to go to Africa. Mm-hmm. Africa. My sister's involved in a nonprofit called Souls for Jesus. I would love to particularly go with her team and and do something like that. That's pretty cool. So yeah, I just covered every continent. I did not cover Antarctica, <laughs> but that's because I live in Southwest Florida and I'm good. This is south enough. So you're okay with the hot weather? <laughs> I'm okay with the. Oh uh, yeah. No. Well, actually, these last well. I don't know when you're listening to this, but the coolness in the winter here, I mean, Florida cool, mm-hmm. I dig that. Yeah. I dig that. The windows open, humidity below 300%. I'm a fan. Are you a cruise with the windows open type of guy, or are you always cruise with them up? Well, that's a nice thing about short hair. I mean, let's get really personal here. All so right, the windows right. down doesn't matter. So, you know, there's enough product in there that I got the helmet. So, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm about the windows down. That's good. Heck yeah. Heck Very yeah. good. Um, We're bonding now. This <laughs> We're taking it up to another <laughs> level. We did. Um, all right, this one was really tough for me, so maybe you'll do a lot better with this one. If you could only keep five possessions, what would they be? Five possessions, what would they be? Hmm. Obviously not people. Uh, I mean, my first one would be my marked-up Bible. Like, not just the Bible, but the marked-up one that, like, I can whatever. So that would be my first possession that I would keep. That's probably a good answer for a pastor, huh? But um, anyway, <laughs> but it's true. You have um, just passed the test. Yeah, I did just pass the test. You don't even have to do two I through five. Even, oh, I did say I did say Bible. I did. Did, right, you? Okay. did you? Did you? All right, yeah, that's yeah, good. Okay. That second one would be my current. No, it would not. All right, oh, so man. only truth. All right, cool. So I want the Word of God. Um, other ones would be definitely pictures. 
um, which will probably take two through five. Um, you know, videos, all that kind of stuff. I'm just remembering the kids and all that kind of stuff. Are you a home videos kind of guy? Is that you? No, that's not me. No. That's that's not me. Um, we did that really well with our first kid, and I don't know if there's any other parents or maybe even victims called kids um, that can. So our first kid's life was well documented, and then the other ones, it's just like, yeah, I think I got a picture somewhere on my oh phone, my buried. <laughs> yeah, we definitely dropped the ball on that. We started off really great, and then, uh, yeah, oh yeah, shame there. Uh, so yeah, don't judge right. me. No. So I don't think I got through five. So I would definitely, the, the word of God and then pictures and beyond that, I don't know. I mean, not any tools. I don't know what to do with them anyway. Uh, that's right. So, yeah, no, that's, that's, that's right. all I got. Hey, that works. I feel like you did better than me. You know, I got it's the Bible good, and then the pictures and stuff. But if you did your best, you get a participation award. So yes, you did you your did best. Way to go. Give him a trophy. Award. Yeah. I hated getting this. <laughs> all right. I felt terrible at myself still. Um, <laughs> right. All right. Uh, okay. What individual had the most impact on you during your teenage years and why? So I know it's individual, but I'm going to start with the most impactful individual, and that's my dad. Um, He was really, really impactful in terms of his steadiness. He traveled quite a bit, so that input was limited, but still when he was around, super impactful even to this day. Um, Super grateful for my dad. And then secondly, it was my youth pastor. Uh, Very, very impactful. He... um, <clears throat> it's one thing to know you're loved. It's another thing to also know you're liked. And uh, Pastor Dave and Kim always allowed us to come to their house uh, to watch movies, eat pizza, favorite food group. And it wasn't until I was married and a youth pastor myself that it dawned on me. I was like, wait a minute. They didn't want me at their house all those times. There's no way in the world. And it took all those years later to realize that, wow, they not only loved me, but they like at least made me feel like they really liked me. And they didn't stop there. They challenged us. And there's a group of us guys that they challenged to come out to the church early in the morning to pray during our summer, which is insane. But it was life-changing. And um, when they had challenged us to come out during the summer and meet them, um, we did that. And I never realized then that those were the seeds for Master's Commission discipleship that I then that my wife and I did for 19 years together and never realizing that at 17 and 18, those seeds were planted by them because they challenged us. And I'm also grateful for the, I guess, wisdom, not only you want to call it wisdom, but the compliance to be willing to take the challenge. Now there were some of those mornings that we were there in the sanctuary that my quiet time was really quiet. If you understand what I mean, I was out like a light. I was experiencing the rest of the Lord, but there's something to be said for the discipline and the relationship. And afterwards we'd go to breakfast and, um, man, they profoundly impacted our lives. And there's a bunch of us in ministry today because of their influence. Pretty cool. Wow. That's awesome. I, I, I think there's something to be said about, um, this ministry that goes beyond the stage, obviously. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That personal touch. And, that, and that, you know, if you're a student listening, we might do that prayer in the summer thing Dude. in the morning. I, I think that's a great idea. It was ridiculous. And, and, and it was cool also to have buddies that, like, as we were challenged together, I mean, you didn't want to be that wuss. I mean, none of us wanted to, right. you know, but there was that camaraderie and really a closeness that developed. So, yeah, it was, it was crazy. It was illogical. But many of the great things of God go be defy our logic. So. Absolutely. Yeah, it was what good. a good idea. It was good. I will be writing Life-changing. Um, all right, let's continue here. What was one of your most defining moments? And it could be recent. It could be, you know, obviously in your teenage years. But do you, is there a particular defining moment in your life? 
Um, you touched uh, you touched on it earlier on you know or a moment ago on the platform life versus uh, a term that I used to always use is uh, life in the shadows or life in the spotlight, and there are moments um, that life in the spotlight can be easy to perform, but who we really are is who we are in the shadows. So I say that by introduction. There's a moment early on in our ministry in, in Fort Myers, a ministry called Master's Commission, that we would do some traveling. And when we do traveling, um, you know, there were some that were more gifted with drama or speaking or music than others. Mm-hmm. Actually, that's a huge understatement. God has not gifted all of us equally. <laughs> well, we had set up a standard that if you're faithful in the small, that you would then be allowed to do the big. And the small was the academics. Nobody was doing backflips or excitement for the academics. Mm-hmm. But uh, if you didn't do well in your academics, you also weren't allowed to do ministry on the platform. So as God would have it, we had a, a really big ministry opportunity scheduled in Miami. And I believe that we were leaving on Saturday. And Friday afternoon, we got grades in the mail. Dear sweet Jesus, the grades weren't good. And of course, and I got to be careful because I never know who's going to hear this. But um, let's just say those that had stage talent got great grades or that did not get good grades. And those that did not necessarily have stage talent aced their classes. Oh, man. So the reality we had was if we followed our standards, the weekend was going to be rough. So it was a massive, massive quandary for me to, okay, this is what we've presented as the expectation, but now to follow through on it, I was really worried about how poor the ministry would be reflected mm-hmm. in this ministry opportunity. So I, I just fast forward the story. We did the right thing. Praise God. Thank God for a wife and other team people around that supported the right thing. So what we did was we, we reworked the dramas with people that were far less talented. Now, this is the grace of God. When we went and did the service where this drama was to be presented, the Holy Spirit moved in such a way that the drama was never used. So my takeaway is, number one, obviously God's faithful. But number two, God didn't even want to see that drama (laughs) so anyway i'm just saying but the bigger takeaway is god was faithful and that was really a defining moment because i was at the beginning of 19 years that really marked hey listen do what you say you're going to integrity be who you say you are do what you say you're going to do and god will bless it even if it's sub-ideal from our perspective wow so yeah that was a defining moment Oh my goodness. It really was. Not what I was expecting, honestly. You know, right. anytime I ask that question, you always, at least me personally, I, you know, I think of, like, they're going to say, hey, you know, I was at the altar when I was this age, and, and this is the, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I love that you mentioned that, though. That's such a great example, and just the story behind it, that's really good. It was real. Um, what is a skill you'd like to learn, and why? Is there skill you you know you don't have you'd like to learn and why would you like to learn that growing up i was required to take piano lessons i almost said required to play piano but then i caught myself take piano lessons not the same thing Mm -hmm. and uh, that didn't go well so my parents let me take trumpet which let me just go ahead and paint a picture of a 13 year old going to trumpet lessons on his bike with his trumpet bungee cord on the back of the bike that by the way if you look up cool in the urban dictionary that's what you'll find (laughs) so that happened and then as soon as my parents could not endure my complaining anymore they let me quit but that leads me to a regret man i wish i could play the piano or play the guitar or do Mm. something like that however i do not have the willingness to put forth the effort to do that but man i wish i could play an instrument especially in a household of musically talented people Mm. I play the radio. That, you probably play it well. Yeah, there you go. You probably yeah. play it well. Rock in the 80s. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Um, 
All right. Uh, when did you know that God was calling you to the ministry, and uh, what made that clear? And it, uh, the reason I ask this sort of question, um, you know, we do with a lot of students. They're like, you know, Pastor David, uh, how am I supposed to know what I'm supposed to do? And and actually, that, that not even just students. There's even you know, some adults that are, sure. are not sure, or college students. So um, for you personally. What, it, what made that clear? How did it's a great that? question. It's a question that I asked too. And one of the most annoying answers is what I used to get. And it's going to be part of my answer. You'll know when you know. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so cool. All right, good. Uh, That's like what they tell you about falling in love and uh, the call and all that kind of good stuff. So that is kind of my answer, but there's a little bit of a story that goes with that. So the friends I actually just referred to a couple minutes ago, we all, um, you know, kind of felt led to go to Bible college uh, in Minneapolis, which is where I ended up, spoiler alert. But um, my senior year in high school, I applied to all kinds of colleges. Again, I grew up in Wisconsin, I applied to colleges in California and Florida, places where it doesn't snow. Mm-hmm. And I just felt, air quotes, the Lord leading me to all of that. And then my dad, remember him? I mentioned him a minute ago, oh, yeah. mentioned that I could go to college anywhere in the world I want, but he'll pay for Bible college. Awesome. So I thought, well, that's cool. So I'll go anywhere. I heard that part. And then I started looking at prices and mysteriously felt led of the Lord to go to Bible school. So I went to Bible school in Minneapolis, where, by the way, it does snow. And um, after one year, made a whole bunch of great friends, as I mentioned earlier. It was awesome. And then after three years, I realized, wait a minute, one more year from now, I graduate, and then I become a pastor. I don't even know if that's what I want to do, or that's more importantly, that's what God wants me to do. Hmm. So I went and met with my pastor and asked that question that you asked me. And he said, Art, he said, if you can be happy doing anything else, do it. I'm like, what? what? Screeching tires. Why? What? Mm. What? That just was the perfect, but like you said a minute ago, not at all what I expected. And my dad then, and still, is a very successful businessman. I'm the only son. So I was like, well, I'd rather go make money and support the church, support missions, all that. That sounds great to me. But I was at Bible school. So here was my fleece. Before my senior year, I had to do a ministry uh, internship. So I had an internship already lined up, and there are different degrees of internships. You can do one just to get it done, which was where I was going because I'm naturally lazy, or you can do one that actually challenges you. Why would I do that? I just want to get it done. But when I realized the gravity and the significance of the decision I was making, the internship that I had already signed up for, which I specifically remember, the responsibilities were in three months, speak once, I can do that, play on the church softball team, and go to an amusement park with the students. I'm like, yeah, I got that. Those, I'm in the, I'm right in my sweet spot. So then, anyway, when I realized that this is a life decision, I probably, I thought I probably shouldn't go the easy route. So I went with this really, really great youth ministry that really was doing things. And I was like, you know what? That's kind of challenging, but that's what I want. So I went there. The youth pastor informed me after I got there that he was going to be gone most of the summer, taking a trip to South Africa, taking a trip, taking vacation, all of that. Basically, it was my youth ministry run for the summer. Oh my I was goodness. like, what in the world? But that was exactly what I needed. Mm. And uh, I do want to point out a couple other details. Number one, that confirmed my call. And number two, oh, just so happens that was my wife's home church. So, oh, wow. yeah, the Lord worked that out, too. <laughs> so I just kind of thought I'd drop that in there. Good, good <laughs> yeah, it did work out well. He is a good, good father. Thank you for that. <laughs> Unique, interesting. Um, well, I, I guess staying along that same thing, uh, why do you think so many struggle with knowing what they're supposed to do with their lives? Why do you think so many struggle? And even I, again, it's not just students. Even you know, moving on, young adults as well, and, and close to being you know, full on adults getting 
into their you know later age you know why do you think so many people struggle with knowing what they're supposed to do well i think it's i think it's kind of the human condition i think there's so many different passions and values like we talked about earlier that pull on us i mean making money that's a thing um, doing something that we're happy at or that we're fulfilled at all of that the fact is god's given all of us talents and passions and really the lord is the only one that can lead us in the way that is best but so oftentimes he leads us in ways that just make no sense to us or that cause us to lose control or it just doesn't seem you know like it's what god wants for us i mean at the end of the day to follow the leading of the lord is the most important thing to do but we have other agendas we've got parents agendas we've got other people's expectations and all of that and i remember in my teen that was a real thing I mean, I remember for going back to my story, this just occurs to me with that question. My dad, who I mentioned, has a business. I'm the only son. So I remember when I felt called to ministry and felt like that's what God had for me, um, I went that way. But then when my dad got to the age where he needed to hand the business off to someone, he respected me enough to invite me to lunch. And he said, hey, listen, Art, I need to hand the business off to someone. I know you're in ministry. I don't want to mess that up. But I just want you to know if I don't hand it to you, I just want you to know that I'm offering it to you first. Mm. What a classy move. Mm. So we did that. We had that breakfast or that lunch, Cracker Barrel, because you need to know that. And, um, and I was like, Dad, there's really nothing to pray about. He's like, all right, I want you to take a day and pray about it. I'm like, all right, cool. So the next day I called him. I said, Dad, I know that that's not what God has for me, but I can't begin to tell you how awesome it is that you gave me the opportunity to turn that down or whatever. I don't know the right terminology. So then the Lord led him to my brother-in-law and, and he's done well. And, you know, to God be the glory. I do want to fit, do a quick follow-up story. So that all happened and that business moved forward and did really, really great. And I hadn't been there for quite some time because of some medical stuff we had with my son and all that. So I was going to go visit the business. They had bought this new building and all that. And my wife asked me when I was on the way there, hadn't seen it in three years. She said, so are you at all struggling with the decision you made? I said, no, not at all. Not at all. I know I did what God wants me to do. Then I came over the hill and saw Mercedes, BMW, this incredible office, oh, the corner office that would have been mine. I called her back a half hour later and I said, I lied. <laughs> I really didn't. But just to see the, re and my interpretation of reality, which is not real at all, for a minute I doubted, but the true reality is God led me, God led them. And God has a path for all of us. But I'm telling you, why would we lead according to our insecurities, our appetites, our desires, other people's opinions? I'm telling you, trust in the Lord in all your ways and everything acknowledge him. He's the only one that can make your path straight. For sure. For sure. Wow. Um, I, again, we're going to continue with the same pattern. Um, you know, what have you personally learned um, in regards to becoming who God has called you to be? Maybe not even just a career, just who he's called you to be a, as an individual apart from your career. What, what have you learned in, in regards to that? One word. <clears throat> of course, I'm going to take more than one word to say it. Authentic. Mm -hmm. I want to be honest about who I am and who I am not. That's good. And a story in the Bible that resonates, I referenced it earlier, is the woman at the well. When Jesus engaged her in conversation about water, and she was like, yeah, hook me up with some of that. You know, the water that I don't have to come here and schlep this thing every single day. Yeah. And then he says, go get your husband. And another tire screech. Like, what does that have to do with anything? Mm -hmm. And he took her right to her most insecure, weak, least desirable topic. Because the dude she was living with wasn't her, because she just was a wreck. Mm -hmm. So basically what Jesus does is he takes us to our areas of least security or greatest insecurity is probably a better way to put it. And he wants to give us life there. Yeah. So if I really want to experience the abundant life that Jesus provided, I don't just want to experience him on the Sunday surface 
with Sunday's best and hands raised field goal for Jesus. You know what? That's not what my life is. My life isn't suit and tie hands up. My life's hard, just like a lot of everybody listening. But the reality is, is Jesus wants to be invited into what's really going on. That's why when he engages a woman about water, he says, go get your husband. And you know what? I got a lot of issues, but I ain't got no husbands. But you know what? I want to answer that penetrating, difficult, let's go right to the root question. Again, rich young ruler. You know, all these things I've done. Check, 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 check. Right, then sell everything you have to the poor. And it says he left sad because Jesus zinged him. I don't know if that's a right word, but he zinged him. He got right to the root. And the dude said, you know what? Thanks, but no thanks. Man, I want to be authentic. I don't ever want to say thanks, but no thanks. But I do want to be known in everything that's about me. And um, I want Jesus to know me. And, man, I've got a short list of people that know everything. Hmm. And because of that, I sleep well. I'm authentic. I have integrity. And I don't say that braggadociously. I say that to God be the glory. Hmm. I want to be known Uh authentic. Uh It matters. That's good. Yeah, that's really good. Um, continuing on here, uh, and I guess it, this would be maybe for the high schoolers, and uh, and also remembering back to your college years. But what's something you worried about in high school and in college or college that you now look back and realize there was no need to worry? Uh, I worried a lot about making a wrong decision. And that was uh, because I'm a little older, that was pre-GPS. One of the things I love about GPS is is that if you don't do what it says, it recalculates. Mm. And God's way better than GPS. So God will get us where we need to get. And a lot of time, another thing is my need to know, my need to understand, my need to have every I dotted and T crossed before I would take a step and then call it faith. Mm -hmm. So to truly trust God, even if everything is not already defined. So to have greater faith, uh, I think of the old church song we used to sing, Oh, for grace to trust you more. Man, that's one of my, you ask what's on repeat, that's like in my personal life, that's on repeat. Oh, Lord, give me grace to trust you more Mm -hmm. because that will uh, definitely serve me well. So, yeah, those are a couple biggies for me. Ah, that's super key. And, and, and I just, it, what keeps resonating is that even the, the answer from before, just kind of inviting God to, to every area of your life, 100%. you know, to the areas where you're super strong in, but also the areas where I'm feeling weak in, totally. uh, whether you're, it's a struggle that you're having or even just, you know, doubts, fears, whatever, just, just invite him into it. He wants to, you know Absolutely. what I'm saying? He wants to get into all of that. Um, so that's what's resonating in my head right now. Uh, if you could give a piece of advice to teenagers or to young adults, what would it be? Well, I'd go back to that word I used a minute ago, authentic. Mm-hmm. Be authentic. Be real. Let, number one, allow God. <laughs> here we go. Allow God to know you and let God know how you feel. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times we like want our prayers or our relationship with God to be all tidy and thee and thou and King Jim and all that kind of King James and all that kind of stuff. Man, be honest with God. Be authentic with God. I've told God stuff stinks, and I've told God does other things too compared to like straws and vacuums. I mean, I've been real, real with God. I want to be real with God. I've thought that some stuff he did, you know, I've told him, God, you're Godding wrong. You know, and then <laughs> afterwards, there similar, there it is, similar to Jesus, you know, yet not my will, yours be done. I personally believe that if you have an authentic, open relationship with God, you can tell him anything. But I would strongly recommend everyone to end your prayer like Jesus did, yet not my will 
yours be done. That's huge. And I, yeah, it is huge. And I think it's important for us to be honest, not just, you know, stuff those emotions or those questions or those frustrations. I've been massively frustrated by God and uh, disappointed in God. Mm. And uh, there's a scripture, I think it's in Psalm 139, where it says, you have hemmed me in. And the Lord has hemmed me in some spots that royally, royally stunk. Mm. But to realize he is sovereign and he is the one that hemmed me in and he somehow is going to work this for good, I've also realized that that scripture, uh, Romans 8, 28, all things work together for good. The Lord has clearly showed me that's God's definition of good, not mine. Yeah. Oh, talk about, I mean, that's like a truth bomb right there. It's like, well, wait a minute. Good means enough money in the bank, a green lawn, or at least green weeds, healthy kids and all that. And the fact is, no, that's my, I'm projecting my definition of good on him. Mm. His definition of good First of all, Trump's mine, obviously. But man, I need to submit to that. I need to surrender right. to that. I continually need to surrender to that. That's challenging, right. though. That's hard stuff. Oh, gosh. Yeah. You know, Art, I, I really do believe that some t- a lot of people live under the impression that God can't handle their honesty. Right. You know what I'm saying? Wrong. And then they just they just, just hold it in, and yeah. they continue to move forward. And, and if you really think about it, that's not relationship. You know, it, it, it wouldn't be relation. We don't have like if we want a good relationship with people, yeah. there has to be honesty. Yes, and it's the same thing with God. But I'll take a step further. It's also delusional because mm-hmm. is it like he doesn't know that? <laughs> yes. Like seriously, like, like oh, okay, cool. We're gonna hide that from God, right? You know, and you think of all the times in the Word that God knows what we're thinking. Mm. You know, that's kind of a scary thing. But since He knows. To your point, might as well have a relationship because he already knows. And this is where, you know, spouses, one of the hardest things in marriage is, is we wish our spouse knew what we were thinking. Mm. Well, in our relationship with God, he does. Right. So we might as well go ahead and have that open line of communication. And anyway, that's married, you might as well go ahead and lovingly let your spouse know what you're thinking because it ain't <laughs> never going to change unless you tell them. There, that was for free. Lovingly, exactly. Lovingly is important. It's Indeed. Um, okay, and so I'm going to make this kind of a two-part question. And you can answer as you will, and then uh, we'll get ready to end here. I appreciate your time. But um, it can be easy to think, well, a lot of times people think that those in ministry, those who are on the platform, um, those who are doing what you're doing, uh, can be easy to think that those people don't struggle with anything, um, don't have difficulties. Um, So is there something that you'd be willing to share um, that you've struggled with or are currently struggling with? Um, And the reason I say two-part, it it could go with the last one. What is one of the hardest things you've ever had to face as a parent or minister? So it could kind of be a two-part question. You could just say the hardest thing you've had to face. But maybe the basic thing, Art, what's something you'd be willing to say um, um, that you've struggled with or maybe are currently struggling with that could be of encouragement to someone that's um, listening? So I won't go into all the story, but my wife and I had a really tough road with uh, our youngest son medically. Uh, Three open-heart surgeries and just a really tough journey. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'll just summarize it to get to the answer to your question. I remember a moment that my wife said uh, in the hospital, in the, in the cardiac ICU, she said, I know, she said, I know God can, I just don't know if he will. So what I consider the most difficult thing in my journey is God's timing. I know God can do anything. I just don't know if or when, and I'll inter- interject my word, he will finally come through. And I think of the story of Lazarus when his two sisters, you know, asked for Jesus to come. And the word says he intentionally delayed his coming. Now, from my fleshly standpoint, that's mean. <laughs> like, what do you mean he intent? But he obviously knew what he was doing. And then 
when he came, they say, ah, oh, you had just come, you know, earlier, but now he's dead. And of course, the inference is Jesus does sick, but he can't do dead. Hmm. Well, that's a timing issue. And I think one of the reasons that the story of Lazarus is in the Bible is to help us understand that God's in timing. God's in delays. Hmm. God's in those delays. And those delays, I don't even like saying this, but those delays are invitations to trust. Mm-hmm invitations to experience him before the miracle happens. And I'll confess this for me. There's times that the miracle finally comes and then I'm out. Hmm. I got from God what I needed. And that's when I, those moments, we need to be honest and realize that we're using God for our agenda. Yeah. As opposed to truly wanting to trust him, his agenda and his timing. The bottom line, all that matters in life is not my wife, is not my kids, is not my income, is not my ministry. All that matters is my relationship with him. Mm-hmm. And I do want to trust him. And like I said a moment ago, oh, for grace to trust him more. And I want to trust him in the waiting. Talk about a song that's been on repeat, the waiting. I mean, I don't even know the exact, but I mean, the, the whole concept of waiting and to find him in the waiting and not just to be waiting, tapping my foot, but to be experiencing his joy in the waiting. I think of fasting. A lot of people will fast, not eat or give something up for Lent or whatever. And then, but the whole time that they're air quotes fasting, they're thinking about the thing they're fasting. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The whole point of fasting is to change our natural appetite towards something that we don't naturally focus on. It's a focus issue, not a don't eat the cheeseburger issue. Yeah. Yeah. But I confess I've fasted cheeseburgers and thought about cheeseburgers the whole time. Or let's put this back to relationships while I'm not dating. No, you're not. But your internet history tells me that you're all about girls or you're all about dudes. So you might not be dating. Check that box. But your affections clearly are going in the direction of, well, dating. Yeah. People, relationships, affirmation, love. So, yeah, that's what I got. (laughs) That was awesome. Absolutely awesome. I appreciate you sharing that. Appreciate you um, sitting down, taking some time with us. Um, definitely a lot of lessons out of me personally I've learned just Praise from God. hearing you speak and, and um, appreciate the influence that you are. Um, I guess we could end with this. If, if Is there anything personally on your heart that you think maybe someone out there might need to hear, uh, whether it's about hard times or it's about relationship with God? Um, anything you want to maybe leave us with in regards to relationship with God and doing life? Well, my favorite verse is Romans 12, 1 and 2. So therefore, brothers, in view of God's mercy, offer yourselves as living sacrifices. So in view of what Jesus did for you, man, you're massively worth his sacrifice. Mm. Make a choice and keep choosing to offer, to give yourself as a living sacrifice. You'll never be sorry. You'll never be sorry for sacrifices you make for the Lord, whether it's in your finances, for speed the light, whether it's in your time to serve, whether it's even in your focus to be aware of other people's hurts, especially when you're hurting, choose to notice somebody else's hurts. Any time we get our eyes off of ourselves onto the Lord and others. And this is cheesy. I learned it in Sunday school, but here it goes. The only way to true joy is Jesus, others, and you. Joy. Live your life for Jesus, others, and you, and you'll get the joy that you deserve. That's so good. All right. Well, once again, thank you so much. Um, I know all of our listeners appreciate it. Guys, if you're listening and if you ever want to go on and um, we have an uh, Instagram page, search us on Instagram um, and uh, feel free to comment. Um, and just if you think there's something we should talk about, feel free to say that as well. Um, but again, uh, thank you for your time, guys. Thank you for tuning in. And um, Art, hope you have a good one.
you and your busy life. And uh, <laughs> we hope to have you on this show again soon. Um, you guys take care and Thanks. have a good one. Bye-bye.